Good evening, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I am Pastor Brad Franklin, and I am so glad that you have joined me this evening for a study that I felt uh, very led to do. Uh, some of you had uh, come to me and asked if I would do a Methodist 101 refresher, uh, which I think is good for each and every Methodist to uh, refresh themselves in. Uh, what does it mean to be Methodist? Uh, history, heritage, theology, we will be covering many of those items. There's a book that I want to show you uh, called Revival from Pastor Adam Hamilton that I will be using as uh, source content for uh, this study. So I'm very excited about this. We'll take uh, about seven weeks to explore uh, this uh, this study, and I hope and pray that it is a gift and a blessing to you. I know that it will be uh, for me. So let me do this. Let me open up with a word of prayer, and I'd like to do a preview for this week's study. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, the United Methodist denomination has a rich history and heritage and theology, O oh God. I pray that this, uh, for many, can be a refresher. For some, it may be uh, the first time they take a peek into uh, the uh, dynamics of this denomination that we call uh, the United Methodist Church. So bless the study, Lord, from start to finish, and I pray that it is a gift and a blessing to all who watch it. We ask this in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen and amen. Well, what I'd like to do is begin with uh, some scripture to kind of get us uh, centered and, and anchored in the Word of God. So I'm going to ask if you have your Bibles open, and please turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, verse 105. Uh, depending on what translation uh, you use, it may be a little different from mine. I'm using the the New Living Translation this evening. Uh, but it's a verse that I uh, go to often. Uh, it's a verse, too, that I think would be very beneficial to us all if it is memorized. Psalm 119.105, I'll read it twice. It says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. <clears throat> so, giving us that good biblical foundation as we get started, our movement founder, John Wesley, uh, was someone, <coughs> excuse me, who took the word of God, scripture, very seriously. He always wanted to anchor himself in the Word of God. So, what I uh, found in, in doing my own research on this study is how John, <clears throat> John Wesley read Scripture, okay? How John Wesley read Scripture. This is rich stuff, so I'd like to, like to read it for you. John Wesley loved reading. More than that, he loved to read Scripture and was a man of the Word. He preached it, he taught Scripture, he lived it. Listen on his advice on how to read 
scripture in a life-changing way. Okay, you ready for this? If you desire to read the scripture in such a manner <clears throat> as most may effectively answer this end, it would not be, in fact, advisable, he said. Number one, to set apart a little time, if you can, every morning and every evening for that purpose, to get into the Word, as we say. Number two, at each time, if you have leisure to read a chapter out of the Old, Old Testament, and one out of the New Testament. If you cannot do this, then take a single chapter or a part of one. Number three, to read this with a single eye, he says, to know the whole will of God and a fixed resolution to do it in order so that you might know his will. You should, he says, do exactly this as a diligent reader of the word. Number four, have a constant eye to the analogy of faith, the connection and harmony there is between those grand fundamental doctrines such as original sin, justification by faith, the new birth, inward and outward holiness. Number five, serious and earnest prayer should be constantly used, Wesley said, before we consult the oracles of God, seeing, in quotes, Scripture can only be understood through the same Spirit whereby it was given, end quotes. Our reading should likewise be closed with prayer that we would read, may it be written then on our hearts. Six, it might also be of use if while we read, we frequently come to a pause and examine ourselves by what we read, both with, with regard to our hearts and lives. This would furnish us with a matter of praise where we would find God had enabled us to conform to his blessed will and matter of humiliation and prayer where we were conscious then of having fallen short. And whatever light you then receive should be used to the uttermost and that immediately. Let there be no delay. Whatever you resolve, begin to execute the first moment you can. So shall you find this word to be indeed the power of God unto the present and eternal salvation. So Wesley kind of had a, a mode, a method, okay, of reading scripture. So what, what I take from these steps and 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 the the, the written language is uh, sometimes, not not always, um, translated in such a way where verbally it doesn't quite come out how uh, 
how how we would speak it. So what what I what I take from Wesley is this: we are to be uh, diligent about our reading uh, God's word, that we don't have to uh, get into God's word and just uh, speed read through it, but take your time, pause. Do self-examination. Begin and end with prayer. Okay, and I think this this goes both uh, in your private uh, reading uh, of prayer, but also in your in your communal uh, reading of God's word and and prayer as well. Now, here's what's rich. Okay, these steps that that I've just read out here were from John Wesley, of course. His preface to explanatory notes from the Old Testament, April 25th, 1765. So you can go there if you have that periodical and read that for yourself. This is a piece of living history from our movement founder, John Wesley. So that makes it even more spiritually rich. So I wanted to, wanted to offer that. Uh, to you. Um, okay, what, what I would like to do now is uh, read through the table of contents of uh, this book that I'll be using as source material called Revival, just to kind of give you a heads up about what we're going to be uh, exploring here. So next week, beginning next week, we're going to be looking at the precursors to Revival. Epworth, where did the man John Wesley come from? What was his upbringing like? Who were his parents? What about his siblings? All of those good details we're going to be looking at. The uh, second week, a longing for holiness, Oxford. So where was the man educated? What was he doing there in his student years? We're going to find out some details uh, about that. The following week, a crisis of faith, Georgia and Aldersgate. So Wesley felt very led to do a missionary journey to the states, to the colonies. And we'll uh, take some time to explore that and how John Wesley felt about uh, that missionary journey. By the way, he felt like an absolute failure. And then once he comes back across the pond uh, to uh, to England, there was a, a, a very significant event uh, at Aldersgate that we'll explore, where something happened that was strangely warm uh, to his heart. So we'll be looking at that. Uh, the following week, The Necessity of Grace, entitled... Bristol. So we're going to get into some theology there. What was Wesley thinking when he was speaking about grace? And what kind of what kind of stages or movements does this thing called grace have? We'll, we'll get into depth there. Uh, the, the week after that will be works of mercy, the foundry and London. So uh, putting, putting your faith into action and what that meant to Wesley and how that has evolved and grown for Methodists uh, today. And then finally, persevering to the end, uh, the next week, the City Road Chapel, London. So 
we'll uh, we'll take those weeks to explore that. The other blessing is there is a wonderful video that goes along with the study, and I'll make sure that uh, you have that video attachment uh, as well. Uh, to uh, to each week's study. So what I'd like to do as, as a way of concluding this uh, time this evening is to read through some things that I highlighted in the introduction by Pastor Hamilton. So bear with me a moment. I just want to read this. He says this, we don't often use the word revival anymore, do we? For many, the idea of revival is quaint at best. At worst, it calls up images of tent meetings where silver-tongued preachers take advantage of gullible believers. But the word, based on the Latin, revivory, means to reinvigorate, to restore to life, to, ber- to become strong and healthy after a period of decline, to renew or to revitalize. What is true for us as individuals is true of churches, of denominations, and even revival moments within the Christian faith. These two eventually lose their spiritual vitality. Even in the New Testament period, the writer of the book of Revelation noted that some of the churches in Asia had lost their first love and in fact become lukewarm. The same might be said of the denominational families that sprang out of the Wesleyan movement. Pastor Hamilton says, I believe the seeds of our revival and the revival of Christianity today are to be found in the story of our beginning. In preparing to write this book, he says, I went to England to retrace the steps of John Wesley and the beginnings of Methodism. Methodism started as a revival of Christianity in Britain, but it also spread like wildfire across America. What, I wondered, are the things early Methodists did that might help 21st century Christians rediscover a vital faith? Good words there. Let me leave you with with this food for thought. Do you believe that the past can help to inform the present and even the future? Can past Methodism and its roots and how it spread, in fact, help to inform us today as Methodists. Consider that. Chew on that. Pray about that. Uh, As we move into this study, another thing that I wanted to provide for you is just a sampling of some of John Wesley's uh, sermons, because this was a man who wrote many a sermon, preached many a sermon. Uh, it is in a certain writing style that uh, is not the norm in our day, so you've got to bear with his writing, but you will find uh, some spiritual depth there uh, to this man that I think uh, in many ways um, uh, has been lost. Uh, over time. So we will attach a sermon uh, to this study entitled Scriptural Christianity. So I want you to read it or 
give, give at least a, a good shot at reading it, uh, you will you will find some some real uh, spiritual nuggets there. So, uh, with that said, this will uh, conclude our intro to revival. We will get into the, as they say, meat and potatoes next week of our study, the beginnings of where John Wesley uh, grew up. So let me offer a word of prayer for us and we will conclude our evening. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, I believe that revival uh, is a very good thing. It can be a very promising thing. It can be a very spiritually enriching thing. So Lord, as we um, <clears throat> offer this study uh, for our viewing audience, I pray that they are blessed. I pray that they are uplifted. I pray, Lord, that in fact the past can help, can help rather, inform our present and our future. Lord, we pray Jesus into it, Lord, because we need Emmanuel, God with us, leading, guiding the way in all that we do. Lord, guide us and direct us this day into this new a year of 2021 in all things, Lord. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, and ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Folks, you have a blessed evening. Take care, and God bless.